Welcome everyone to the L7C podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you guys. Today we are going to be talking about some My Hero Academia with making her return because she said she was coming back and she is here to stay. Andrea Alanis. <laughs> How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk some My Hero with you because when we run into each other at work and we start going in the rabbit hole of My Hero, we realize it's 8 o'clock at night and it's time to go. So now we have a free forum so that we could talk about some My Hero, which we both are very deeply invested in. So on today's episode, we're just going to go over some basics on what My Hero Academia is, what's the power system in there. Uh, what does Andrea like about it? What she doesn't like about it? Her favorite people, her least favorite people. And then we'll preview the next episode. Andrea is on with us. So let's just kick it right off the bat. Andrea, what is My Hero Academia? So My Hero Academia is a Japanese anime that revolves around um, superheroes and a superhero society. Um, basically, it came out, the manga came out in 2014 and the anime recently arrived in 2016 i actually didn't start watching until i think the later portion of 2019 so i'm more of a recent um kind of fan but i i'd love to binge watch the episodes waiting for the new seasons i have i just watched the first movie kind of out of order and the movies were fantastic if any fans have not seen the movies i highly recommend watching the movies so as you said the manga started in 2014 like you said, and then it just started in anime-wise in 2016. And what made you, like, do you like superheroes? I do. I do like superheroes. I'm a big Marvel fan. Unfortunately, the DC movie universe has let me down personally a little bit. Sorry if that's a hot take. Um, But I love Marvel movies. I love superheroes. But I wasn't necessarily hooked in the very first episode on the idea of superheroes mm-hmm. and anime, which is odd because my very first anime ever that I remember was Sailor Moon. So kind of the same general idea of like superhero, but she seemed more normal girl that kind of got um, bestowed these powers after living a normal life until, you know, middle school age of like 13, 14. Whereas this was more... People are born with quirks. This is the society we live in now, which is a little harder for me to understand because even within the Marvel universe, it's a select few people have these super superpowers. Whereas in My Hero, most of the population has has some sort of superpower or quirk, as it's called in the show. I believe they said eighty percent. Eighty. Yeah, I think it is eighty percent, and most of them are born, and they either. Um, have these quirks as they are like at the time of birth or they manifest by the age of four on your hot take that's not really that big of a hot take a lot of people agree i would say that that's obviously not counting the dark knight trilogy and oh, stuff dark knight like. is all amazing Love. so just side note that i would reason i said that's because for me when i started watching i felt like it was at a perfect time marvel was full steam ahead um 2016 too so that was like captain america civil war guardians going we're getting into endgame and then this show comes out right on time like an anime 
about superheroes, like things, modern day society. So I thought it was a match made in heaven and the creator of that struck a chord with a whole bunch of people. But so what's it like? Who's the main character? Like, how, what, what, what's so his the deal? The main character, his name is Izuku Midoriya. His mm-hmm. nickname slash hero name is Deku, which I do believe translate to translate to idiot or stupid. <laughs> um, and it's kind of a little funny story about how that became kind of his nickname, superhero name, in the sense that he embraces it. So to find that out, go ahead and watch the show. But um, he is the main character, and it kind of centers around his desire to be the greatest hero, um, just like his idol, um, All Might. However, Midoriya, unfortunately, was one of the 20% who was born without a quirk. So he kind of, in those first few episodes, and a lot of flashbacks throughout the series, you kind of see his, you know, dreams and heart be crushed when he does find out he is in the minority that does not get a quirk. So when he reaches out to his mom for the support of, oh, you can still be a superhero. She instead apologizes to him for not being able to give him the quirk that he wanted or that to give him a quirk in general. Um, so that's also kind of heart-wrenching. But even as he grows up with kind of that, I don't want to say discouragement, but not support in the right way from his mom, he still studies quirks obsessively. He takes notes on all... Um, the heroes, what their quirks do, kind of what their specialty is, and keeps them all in a journal. And as it so happens, right before he's able to get into high school, he has a chance encounter, actually a couple chance encounters, with All Might. And we learn at this point that there are some quirks that can be passed down between people non-genetically. So that is how Midoriya does get a quirk and is the main character with the intro being his voice over this is the story of how I became the number one hero. So you kept bringing up quirks and we've watched anime a lot of it and every anime has their fighting animes have their own power system so is quirks like the power system in this anime? Yes so quirks are the power system however quirks can also kind of be more menial kind of everyday not necessarily like powers they are considered a superpower and a quirk per person but some of them can just be um anthropomorphic in the sense that we see at one point a police officer who physically is a cat but we don't necessarily see any other quirk manifestation um, that could be transferred into a superpower, or this individual decided not to be a hero. Mm-hmm. So with those, with those quirks, and you already explained how you get them, you can get them from birth, you just explained the main character got his from All Might, who was the greatest hero of all time at this point, and then, like you said in the voiceover, Deku talks about in the future how he's going to be the greatest, so. Are there any other ways to get quirks besides those ways? Can you mix quirks? So in the mixing quirks, it, that can kind of come in genetically in the sense that there is the kind of more dark side of the quirk um, society or superpower society in the sense that there are quirk marriages in which it is arranged for someone of a certain quirk to marry someone of a different or similar certain quirk to essentially 
procreate another superhero, another quirk that could combine the two to balance out any weaknesses of the individual quirk. Um, the biggest example of that would be the number two hero, um, Endeavor. His real name is NG Todoroki, and his wife, I'm, I apologize, I don't know her name, but they have four children, and one of which is the culmination of the balance between Endeavor's fire quirk and then his wife's ice quirk, and their son's name is Shoto Todoroki. And so his quirk is called um, Hellfire. Hellfire. No, I think that's, isn't that? Something. I'm just, it's one fire thing. I'm just going to say Hellfire. Isn't it half hot, half cold? Well, that's Shoto's, yeah. yeah. But his dad is called Hellfire, that that's his mom right. got the ice thing. And I'll get into ever later. It's kind of funny that his is Hellfire, because maybe that's where he should be. But, oh, for sure. <laughs> but with those and with the quirks, they sound really cool. So just if you were in the My Hero world, what quirk would you want? So the quirks in My Hero kind of get their own specialized name. Um, I don't know what it would be called. Um, but essentially, I would probably really want a water or ice manipulation quirk. So like kind of. Mrs. Todoroki's kind of ice quirk, or essentially what I would prefer is to be a waterbender. <laughs> but shout out to Avatar, <laughs> the best. But other than that, probably as a kid, I always wanted to be able to fly. So then, even just having wings in general that allow me to fly would be great. Fox um, is a different hero who kind of has that quirk and is also able to um, control the individual feathers to do other things. Um, but I'm cool with just basic that the wings can make fly. So you would go if, with water bending and then also with like the ability to fly. Mm-hmm. Those would be your top. Yeah, two, those top are two. my top. Okay. Me personally, my one would be electrification. Um, that is used by Denki in My Hero Academia. He's a minor supporting character and he has the power, power to cover himself in electricity. So fight-wise, that's hard to fight if you're going to go try and fight someone who's an electric. And he could shoot out electricity. He can absorb electricity. So I was just thinking, even in my practical life, at the time of recording now, in your home state of Texas, they have no power, a lot of people. And (laughs) so he would be a super valuable person right now because he'd be able to jumpstart cars and houses and all of that and that would be mine that i would want and it's just sad because denki is not using it to the fullest of his potential because he has other interests but that'd be the top one i really wouldn't want one for all because it's like i'm not in my practical life i'm not really out here fighting super villains and and then from working out and stuff that would just defeat the purpose because if you have one for all you lift everything so i wouldn't want that Electrification, I wings is cool too, but I almost shout out to your favorite Momo. The creation thing is that is that might be more versatile than electric because they she can make anything, and that would be a super cool quirk to have as well. And you said earlier that like eighty percent of the people have quirks right now, Mm -hmm. and there's heroes. And there's villains, but if there's 80% of people running around with 
powers of some sort. Is there any way to control like these people? Like we were talking about a little bit earlier about Marvel and how this came out in 2016, and that was around Civil War and fighting over the Sokovian Accords about registering heroes. Are heroes registered? Do people know like people's real names? So the real names is kind of odd. So we'll I'll touch back on that. Mm-hmm. But there is kind of a, a an overruling body mm-hmm. in My Hero Academia called the Hero Public Safety Commission. Mm-hmm. And for you to be able to use your work um, in service of society by you know um, chasing villains, trying to subdue. Uh, helping in emergency situations using your quirk, you do have to be licensed and go through a licensing exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Hero Public Safety Commission or HPSC um, is actually run um, by non-heroes. Yeah. So it's kind of an overruling body to try to balance out the power of superhuman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. People with powers versus just the general public who also have powers, but are, without that licensure are not sanctioned to use them. And mm-hmm. if they do, then there is a disciplinary process because we do touch on that in the show where as non-licensed students, um, Midoriya, Shoto Todoroki, and Katsuki Bakugo, not Katsuki, um, Ida. Ida Tensei. We'll find against Stain. Oh my goodness, not Ida. Um, it is Ida, but I forget his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, go after Rocket Feet. Yes, <laughs> Rocket Caps. Yeah, Rocket actually. Caps. Yep, they fight uh-huh. Stain. They fight Stain. One and of the best fights. Mm-hmm. Right, and they get in trouble for it because they're not licensed heroes. Even though they were doing a public service, they were protecting um, the public themselves. Another hero, um, they did almost kind of get banned from becoming heroes. So. There is kind of a checks and balance within the society. Um, I also kind of briefly mentioned the police. So the police are still present in My Hero, but essentially they're kind of, they're the ones that make the arrests once supervillains have been subdued because a lot of the supervillains that we see cannot be subdued by normal police forces with just typical human traits and weaponry. So essentially this, the heroes would come in get the villains under control, knock them out because they're not allowed to um, kill them, Mm -hmm. then turn them over to the police to be arrested and uh, imprisoned. They also provide a little bit of support backup to the superheroes and help with background investigation tasks as well as just doing lower level law enforcement where, you know, the quirks kind of come on a varying scale. So if somebody's got like a lesser work that's not too hard to handle the police are able to handle that themselves so it is almost like the dc marvel world where the superheroes do all the work and then the cops come and clean up after they've been knocked unconscious and put in the jail or whatever facility stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you said endeavor's real name which not a lot of people know even the number one most popular hero all might to remember, if I do remember from the show-wise, there's only one person who calls him by his real name, and that was Gran Chirino. Right. Because Gran Chirino trained him when he was, like, 18 or whatever. Right. So, do... So, do they just call by their superhero? Like, they're not so, called by their public names, then. Does nobody so, know? 
that's why it's kind of complicated. So in general, you do have a hero name. Mm-hmm. However, there are some characters at this point that have chosen to use their real names mm-hmm. as their hero name. Um, one of which is Shoto Todoroki. He goes by Shoto. Yeah. Um, and then the other kind of aspect that's kind of odd is that they are supposed to use cover names just across the board as a rule during the sports festival, which is televised nationally. Yes. They only go by their actual names and are showing their quirks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody really wanted to dig up the history, it's not that hard to find video of Deku or Midoriya's fight against Shoto and know their actual names. Mm-hmm. So when I was researching um, about the governing body of the hero, like the Hero Public Safety Commission and like mm-hmm. how it started and all that stuff and how before when villains, before they were established and we had like vigilantes and stuff like that, just your personal opinion. Do you think a vigilante could work now? Like imagine if you throw in anime, my hero academia version of, Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent, they're not going to just register their public name. So like, oh, let's just call Superman. Hey, Clark, like the the world would know because I'm just wondering, too, because these villains, if you did know their real name, why wouldn't you just go attack the family? Right. Which I personally, I feel like is a little bit of a plot hole Mm. um, or just kind of a misunderstanding in writing. because I think it's kind of assumed that once these kids graduate from um, UA high school doing the sports festivals, um, they kind of, a lot of the heroes do choose to wear some sort of face covering. Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of, oh, that quirk is similar to so-and-so. Is it Mm so-and-so? You don't technically know. And then you get into the whole, oh, you put a mask over your eyes. You look totally different really kind of argument but it's it's one of those things where truly if villains were going to be that villainous villainous why would they not if they know the names of these people go after their family mm-hmm. and at this point as far as i'm aware because i'm not a margarita for my hero that has not happened mm-hmm. so i'm not really sure where that goes yeah even if you just think about it from the show point someone like Midoriya, who's the main character, and he is the one who has um one for all right now. So if you're a villain, and the the main villains already know, like the two, like all for one knows that he inherited it, and then Shigaraki, Shigaragi, who I whatever he knows that he has it, and if they've seen his personality, they'll know that if his mom was in danger, he'd probably give it up. To save his mom. So I don't understand why they just don't show up to his mom's house. Kidnapper. Things like that. I mean, you've seen them. They held the school hostage in season one. Right. So, like, I think you're right. Like, that's a huge plot hole that's just waiting to be potentially explored in the future. Like, yeah, we got to go to, like, secret identities. and But that doesn't help that the top school, like you said earlier, is publicizing all their fights. And showing the world what these kids can do with no mask. Because they weren't even in their hero costumes in no. sports. But they were in just the regular jumpsuit, no face cover. Like, ooh, that is a, ooh, that's a plot hole waiting to be exploited in the near future. 
What do you like about the show? Like, what are your favorite things about the show? I, that is a hard question for me, because honestly, watching the show, for some reason, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, just generally makes me happy. Superhero movies, in general, make me happy. But with anime, I know I talked about it on my previous appearance. It's also just well animated, and it's beautiful, and the fight scenes are the fight scenes are badass, and they look so good. The fight between um, <laughs> the fight between Midoriya and Overhaul, which just one fight of the year, just one fight of the year. So it is so good. The other thing that I really enjoy about it is there are so many different characters that are highlighted. More so in the first couple seasons, they've kind of gone a little bit away from more of the side characters right now, which I'm hoping will kind of swing back around for season five. But having the diversity of the characters, having so many different quirks, having also just the different personalities interacting with each other is interesting to see. And also just how each character, even outside of the main ones, develop over time. I really enjoy that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I enjoy about this anime is obviously with the superhero aspect. And it's not like set in 1925. It's set in modern modern time. Like if you woke up one day and My Hero Academia's world just got dropped onto you, that's what we're talking about in the modern time. That's what I really like about it. And I also like about the character is how everyone can be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in seasons like one through three, everyone has a chance to shine. And that's what I really like about that. But then just going to what I don't like is that it's starting to get away from everyone being useful. And we're almost getting into that point where it's the Goku Vegeta type show, the Naruto Sasuke type show with Man- Doria and Bakugo, even someone as strong as Shoto, and you talked about the first movie, and I know you've seen the second movie. Mm-hmm. Even they were all getting, they all got pushed to the wayside for those two, and that's something I hope changes coming up. But it's starting to go from everyone was useful to we're getting to that typical anime trope where it's the rival and the main character are the only ones who can do anything. So and that's one thing I don't like right now going for. What do you not like about our? want something like change i would agree with you in that in the sense that getting i i personally hope that kind of with the second movie in particular heroes rising there's some of that kind of rivalry antagonistic relationship kind of quelled Mm -hmm. so going forward there shouldn't be so much focus on the two of them and their relationship dynamic Mm -hmm. so it should open the floor up to the others i do know with uh UA in general seems like typically traditionally as the kids get older and progress there tends to be you know the cream rises to the tops and there becomes a top three Mm -hmm. the big three Mm -hmm. and it's kind of at this point slated to be Midoriya, Bakugo, and Shoto Mm -hmm. so I personally would dislike and hope this does not happen that it becomes the three musketeers and it's all about them Mm -hmm. Um, because there are so many good quirks within Class 1A and in Class 1B, which initially is introduced to us as more of a sidekick course, mm-hmm. which during the sports festival, we get to see some of those quirks firsthand. 
And I don't know about you, but for me, I saw some of those quirks and I'm like, why are they class 1B and not class 1A? And why are some of the people in class 1A in, in class, class 1A, 1A and not in class 1B? So. Well, just to go off that, this is, I know this wasn't in our show notes, but remember in class 1A, you can get in by letters of recommendation and things like that. So maybe a lot of those class 1B people, it's almost like college and like going to grad school. So if you just couldn't find someone to write you a letter of recommendation or someone of credible esteem to write you one like Shoto. I mean, at the at that point, now Endeavor's number one, he was the number two son. So if he's right. writing something in there, it's like, okay. And then if Midoriya, I mean, he had no chance to get into UA until All Might. So if All Might's writing him a letter of rec, he's getting in. So mm-hmm. if you don't have those, again, the real life stuff that I like about it is like, if you don't have those connections, you unfortunately get bumped to the side. The other thing that I believe the character um, Shinsho, and I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, he's in Class 1B, mm-hmm. and it also gets into the real-life point of standardized testing is mm-hmm. not always accurate, because mm-hmm. his work for the test that was provided to get into UA and then, you know, assess where they should be placed in Class 1A or Class 1B, his work works by, if he asks you a question and you respond, he can now control your mind. Mm-hmm. The test, the exam to get into UA was to fight and destroy robots. And that's not that's what his quirk. Not what his, his quirk is not really applicable for mm-hmm. that. And so he was placed in class 1B. Mm-hmm. And that's just a missed opportunity. And it kind of is a very good example of how a standardized test is not going, is not a one size fits all because yep. there are going to be exceptions to the rule. And I don't know. I wonder if he's going to be moved up to class 1A at the at the next year, mm-hmm. or if he's going to stay in Class 1B. And I feel like if that's the case, then is anybody from Class 1A getting from mm-hmm. 1B? That's, that's a good question. But we shall see. Yeah. And then we talk, you talked about um, Midoriya, uh, Shoto, and Bakugo, and like the Three Musketeers. We were missed to say how there's a movie coming out. Also, with, there's Season 5 and a movie, so we're going to be here for a while. And it has Midoriya... Bakugo and Todoroki in there saying now whoever the villain is is going to meet like the three musketeers. So since Shoto's on the cover, I'm hoping he actually gets some time or they just put him on there because he's a fan favorite and he's going to be the guy who's getting destroyed while Bakugo and Midoriya and do the final blow. And just on that movie thing, I don't know if you saw, but I think a lot of people know who John Cena is. He actually shared the movie cover because Deku is doing the same pose as John Cena does. So John Cena has actually been promoting My Hero Academia, and he's a big anime fan, but he was showing love to Deku, basically saying he's the next one up. I did not know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That's so cool. Yeah, he was sharing it on his... He's like, wait a minute, he's copying my thing. And then the author of My Hero sent something to him, and that was... I mean, it was super cool, but yeah, I'm the one B, the standardized testing, like you said, and I don't think anyone's ever talked about it like that. Again, that's real life implications here in real life that standardized tests, ACTs, SATs, they do not tell the full scope of a person taking them. So who are your favorite characters in the show currently? And you can name one, two, three. I, we already know Momo's in there because on yes, your previous podcast, you've named her. 
But who else is some of your favorites? I know a couple of them, but I want the listeners to hear them. So I definitely, Shoto Todoroki is one of my favorites. He he is very popular and is a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, in the popularity polls lately, he's actually been pulling under Bakugo, which surprises me a little bit, but that's a topic for a different day. Oh, we can um, talk about it now. I can tell you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, and then after that would be Midoriya. Um, I struggled connecting with him just a little bit in the very beginning, just because there was that whole argument about whether or not he cries too much. And Still going on. It's a big argument in the anime world about a main character crying too much. But it's, it's one of those things that I wrestled with myself in the sense of, if I was that kid, if I had a dream, age of four, I get told, that can't happen. I go to my mother for support and she just apologizes for not being able to give me the thing I needed to make my dream come true. And then finally being able to prove to someone that you're worthy of having this dream of worthy of being a hero and then getting managing to miraculously get one of the best quirks arguably in, in the world. So of course you're going to be overcome with emotion. Of course you're going to be. And especially since he, being quirkless, and part of the issues with Bakugo, is he was bullied for being quirkless and wanting to be a hero. He was kind of beat down. And so he's not a confident character. He wasn't, he wanted that dream. He was going to make it happen somehow, but he didn't really know how. And he didn't necessarily have the confidence in himself to know he was going to do it. He just wanted to do it somehow. and so. It makes sense that he's overwhelmed with emotion when he gets told he can be a hero himself by his idol, his absolute idol. He doesn't have a father figure, as far as we're aware, in the show. And so his idol has been his father figure. And so for his mom to kind of let him down in that supportive area and now have his idol, who he sees as a father figure, accept that how he is now and his character is good enough to be a hero even without a quirk but then it just so happens yes i can give you a quirk um it makes sense i just it was one of those things i'm not used to um so it just took me a little longer to come around to him but in general he's just as the i believe the internet popular culture likes to call him as a cinnamon roll um he's just he's just one of the best boy characters that we have right now in the kind of popular anime realm. So to take it on real life on Deku and the crying, and you said it was something that you're not used to, which I like how my hero does real life things of he's expressing his emotion and sometimes he cries. How many times throughout society now it's changing in 2021, but boys were told not to cry and not to show their emotions. So you've been told that, and obviously, like the people creating animes have had that too, and they've made their heroes like that. But then this guy who creates my heroes, like, you know, I want to show a main character who has emotion. Like, people will be crying in these situations, so I'm going to show him like that. Maybe that's the reason some people didn't connect because they're not used to a male main character crying like that. It's just, but then, like you said, once you break it down, like, wouldn't you be crying too? And, and it takes some use to get, it takes some getting used to, but. Every time he does cry, he also stops his tears and helps save the day in one way or another. So 
I think that's the thing of like people aren't used to seeing men cry like that all the time, especially especially when you compare him to his counterpart. Right. <laughs> his well, <food. laughs> who's yeah, where Sheila with Bakugo, oh my goodness. And it's also like for me, it took me a second to stop and be like, wow, that's kind of hypocritical when my favorite female character, the one I connected to as a child that I love so much, Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. literally is a cry baby. Mm-hmm. That's not fair that's a double standard to be have her on the pedestal she's so great she's so wonderful but she does cry all the time she typically always had some sort of crying fit before a fight Mm -hmm. before having to fight anyone or was crying during the fight like oh my god i don't want to get hurt so and then to flip it on a male character and be like no that's not allowed it's it's unfair yeah because i mean especially sarah moon at the time women are emotional women are allowed to cry things like that and they were letting Sailor Moon have that, and men aren't supposed to be emotional. They're not supposed to be crying. And then, like like you said, flip the switch, and now Deku does it, which, I mean, he, at the end, like Sailor Moon at the end, always did what was right after the crying. Deku's done the same thing, and he's maturing and things like that, so. It's also, I mean, he's like 15, if that. Right. So, he's mm-hmm. still growing up. Any other favorite characters you got? I actually, as a character, mm-hmm. I don't know her too much but i think midnight as a character is interesting the rated r hero yes (laughs) because it's just she opens up and i think i might have talked about it a little bit in the last one but she actually does an interview where they kind of talk about um female hero costume whether or not you know it's necessary for them to be so revealing or Mm -hmm. racy and like you said she is the r-rated hero hero. She, her quirk, I forget the name of the quirk, but there's a pheromone or a smell that comes off of her skin that incapacitates people. Mm-hmm. So she has, um, of course, she goes a little, she's the R-rated mm-hmm. hero because she takes it into a little bit of a BDSM corner. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the fabric of her hero costume needs to cover her skin, but also be able to be ripped or removed well enough or controlled enough to do what she needs it to do. Um, So she's making that argument that, okay, yes, but no, most of these are functional for us. Um, So she kind of opens up that conversation about, you know, women being allowed to wear what they want and display themselves how they want without being judged. And it hasn't come up as far as I'm aware anyone commentating on how tight All Might and Endeavor's costumes are as well. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't get brought up. Uh, to go off that, too, on real-life stuff, especially with time of recording, uh, the Frame of Britney Spears uh, podcast came out with Chelsea Heppard as we talked about that, and that's a real-life thing where I said that when, and I'm, I assume it was a guy who was interviewing her, I'm pretty sure, when it guys in power controlling the like sexuality of a girl, like if Midnight had a manager who was a dude, no, I guarantee those questions were not being asked. But since it's Midnight herself taking persona, the outfit, all of that, it's a problem. I mean, and that's something that's happened in real life too. That people have a problem with women owning and claiming their sexuality. It's it's happening in the real world, and like you just said, it happened on there. And there are other heroes like that. And it's again just showing 
some more light on how the real are connections because no one is asking any of this stuff to any of the guys but midnight it's a problem and there are other heroes who especially the females who wear skin tight stuff and she's sticking up for them now so that they don't have to worry about it anyway so that's another good point on how it's connecting to real life issues with women and claiming their sexuality and things like that i'm surprised you haven't named uraka yet so uraka i just have i had an initial i really enjoy her i do i just i'm waiting to kind of see her full circle kind of moment come back because i feel like Things are really escalating for her, kind of learning more hand-to-hand combat from, um, is it Gunhead? Mm-hmm. Um, during her internship. And at that point, her crush on another character is also coming out in, into play, into kind of the main plot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's so much more work for her to do still that I think by the time the series wraps up, she probably will be one of my favorite characters, but as of right now, I feel like there's more room for potential growth, whereas Midnight is more of just a... I really enjoyed that aspect of her character being brought into the show and used in that way. Um, And then Midoriya and uh, Todoroki kind of have, like, facing some of their demons and working off of each other and having growth. Also, with Shoto, I just have kind of another initial bias um, fun fact, apparently in the, from what I read in the Spanish dub version of My Hero Academia, they call Shoto Zuko's copy. Also, shout out to Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender again. Two shout so, outs in one pod. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I really enjoyed Zuko's character in Avatar The Last Airbender. And so having Todoroki kind of be, I don't want to say replication because they're not exactly the same. That's not true. But having those similarities that I already connected to, plus, like I said, that ice manipulation, that was that's something that I would want. So, I would say with Uraraka, I mean, for anyone who's watched it up to now, one of the most underrated, which should probably in the top ten, was her versus Bakugo in the fight. Absolutely. That was probably her peak version, and I would say that with. I mean, if you watch enough anime, you don't need our cues to know who she has a crush on. But she's also a person who she passed um, the test to get her provisional thing. She was on the she was part of the raid, which those were the heroes I was looking at. Like, if you're part of the raid, like, hopefully they have bigger things for you down the line. Because Todoroki wasn't part of the raid. Bakugo wasn't part of the raid. I don't even believe Momo was part of the raid. Like there's like there are some people there where you're like, okay, this is they have a future, and we saw it manifest with another character who's one of my uh, Red Rocket, <laughs> who had his pinnacle moment in the raid as well. And with Midnight, I was just thinking about her and how she carries herself, and how she doesn't care what these people think. She kind of reminds me of like their like Rihanna. Like, someone who owns it, she knows what she's worth, she knows, like, her sexuality and all that stuff, and you can't tell her different. Like, she kind of reminds me of, like, Rihanna. So, my favorite heroes, I have a couple. First, number one is Mirio, a.k.a. Lemillion. Reason I love him so much, we talked about the big three earlier, He he's the strongest guy at the school. Like, he was by, it's not even close, 
And he was trained by All Might's former sidekick, Sir Nighteye, who's also one of my favorites. And Lemillion, I really liked him because he really puts an emphasis on training and his quirk, which I thought was trailer fuck terrible. <laughs> but he made it in a way that almost made him seemingly invincible. And his peak moment when he's fighting the main character Overhaul in a two-on-one fight, and he's winning. Like, Overhaul admitted that Lemillion is stronger than him, and it came to a point where Overhaul had to shoot the quirk ceiling bullet at him to beat him. And even with his quirk gone, he was still protecting that little girl, and he was still fighting back. So he was, he's my number one. Uh, number two, who I know is your number one of hating, but let's just get it out the way, is Manetta. And the reason Manetta is my number two is probably because me and him are polar opposites. And my personality is so different than his, but it's the fact that he just makes me laugh. He's a short little guy with great balls on his head. And he, he is a pervert and he's always trying to get a peek under some skirts and i remember the bath scene where he was trying there and he got his eye poked out and he's just comic he's comic relief personified and we talked about midnight that's who he had his hero thing against and he won like he he caught because he is in love with her and he was able to um win that and also just like him because i mean especially guys like hormones are going out of whack boys and girls and he's just like yeah i'm just gonna show it and it's the fact that he gets all the flack, but there are other perverts in that class. That irritates me. I'm like, I'm all for Manetta. The other one is obviously Eraser. Um, I always like, I like the teachers in anime. We talked about um, Shoto being like uh, off-brand Zuko or something like that. Eraser is an off-brand Takashi Hatake. Oh, for sure. So... <laughs> Period. And it's great. And it's great. So I, I like him as well. And obviously, I like, I like Deku. I like All Might. I do like Momo. She needs more screen time. Uh, there's a lot of other people, but those are my top, top people. So since I already brought up the number one person you don't like. I hate Mineta. It's just one of those things where, as you mentioned earlier, like, you know, all the hormones, they're, they're teenagers. They're, like, essentially freshmen in high school. Yeah. And so I, I can understand that, but it, I, I just that it's so okay for him to be so openly perverted and nothing really happens as the girls have learned his behavior the girls kind of you know shun him and kind of kick him out um but none of the guys really kind of step up and be like Manetta cut it out and that kind of bugs me just a little bit honestly there, there's some clips some, where they do. some where they're kind of like hey knock it off but it's not it's not ever kind of really addressed as like you need to ship up or ship out um because essentially he's in this school to become a hero himself Mm -hmm. and if he becomes a hero and he still has this attitude this behavior other other kids are going to look up to him as like that's being okay and it's perpetuating no i don't and honestly kaminari is another character who is comic relief is he low-key perverted? Yes, because it's he not will low go key. He's part of the group. <laughs> he is, but he's not as... When he's not with Mineta, it's not as bad. So it's one of... That's why I say it's low-key. But there's comic relief without having to be an outright pervert. And it's, it's just... 
that really bothers me. The other thing that bothers me about him is I still don't understand why he's put in class 1A. And I think that's just a general question that I have with his quirk. Because his quirk is cool. He has sticky balls on his head that replenish. Mm -hmm. Um, We just haven't seen enough of how he's going to use it or how kind of administration can see where his quirk goes for him to be class 1A level hero. So in class 1A, if you remember the episode where they're taking the test or whatever, he's in the top 10. I, I believe he's in the top four who scored right. Remember when they were like, um, it was the pre-exams or whatnot, and people were like, it sucks that you're a pervert, but you're actually like super smart. Because Momo was taking some of the people to go tutor. Bakugo was taking a Red Rocket to go tutor. He was in the top 10 because I remember they shined a light on him for that. And with Mineta, and yeah, because there is a group, because if you remember too during the provisional exam, when uh, Deku was fighting the fake Kami, who talk about she's in more skin tight than Midnight, yeah. and it was a fake one, and then like Deku was talking about like her clothes coming off, and everyone's like, hold on, no one cares that you survived. Wait, you saw her naked, and like you saw like all the pervs came out that time. Mm-hmm. The only pushback I would have on stuff with Mineta is because I know you love Naruto. Jiraiya was a pervert since he was a child. And he grew, and he, he, still, he still was a pervert, rest in peace. Uh, one of the saddest deaths ever. But he was pervert all the way through. Like, the guy knew Tsunade's breast size by heart. So my hope, and also, that's a big anime thing, too, that it's always the old people who are the biggest pervert. Master Roshi, pervert. <laughs> like, it's always the older people, so... I, I like I don't I like seeing him Mineta now because I think he's gonna grow out of it and I like so. and just get it out and like real life implications. We all went to high school like you have like the people freshmen you have people who are just focused on sports music. You do have that group who are just literally all they do is just talk about like the opposite sex all the time. And Mineta's just anime is <laughs> this anime is real life up to eleven. So he's just, so it's real life. There's a group like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. I love this, 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 this about her. And I get it, but it's just like, I'd rather start, get it out with him now than him being like Master Roshi over a billion years old and still, and still touch. And like, there's episodes where Master Roshi is grabbing like 18's breast while she's married to one of his disciples, Krillin, Mm -hmm. and like, touching on Chi-Chi, who's married to his other disciple, Goku, and, like, Bulma. I mean, that Bulma thing, you want to talk about, like, old school, like, she was 16, he was, like, whatever, and she had to flash him to get the Dragon Balls. So it's like, Mineta now, if he starts now, and then he grows out of it, he'll be one of the biggest come-ups ever. But, and also... To be seen for me, I just... It's a long... I mean, he's only... We're only in year one. If this show goes from each year that they're in, we're going to be here for a long time. That's I do believe there's going to be a, I hope there's going to be a, a couple time skips, but at the same time, I do feel like time skips would um, limit the amount of growth that we can see per each individual side character. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, for, you know, length of time, I want the time skip, but also for development, I don't want the time skip. So, mm-hmm. but I just, again, like you said, we know those kids in high school as a female. 
Oh, as a fee, yeah. Like, I, no. Just the patience for those characters, for those people, for those, no. But how many I people just, grow out of that in, like, real life, though? People grow most, up. Most of them do. But at this point, for me, Manetta is a no. Manetta is a no. One day. I can't Manetta wait. Is no. I can't wait until he does the sacrificial play and you're just sitting there like. If he's still a pervert, I'm still not going to be too happy. About <laughs> well, first he has to get a growth spurt. That's one thing. And also his his quirk is good for like capturing people. Yeah. Like like sticking them in interrogation things like that. But who else do you not like? I actually don't know who else you don't like. Well, there's one. But. And G. Todoroki, for sure. <laughs> Mr. Um, oh. Mr. Number Two, wow. now number we're, one hero. We're calling um, by his real name. We must be very formal with him. Uh, no, it's um, he doesn't deserve his hero name, because I personally feel like if you're that much of a bad person, how do you get to be a hero? Um, you know, a lot of people actually think he saved season four, because they think his episode was the best episode in the series, with prominence flash. Which I don't. I thought was cool, but it wasn't the best episode I, of the series. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. But and I understand that he. It's one of those things where in the daytime, in the light, it, to the public, he's still not got the best personality. I will say up front, mm-hmm. but he does his duty as a hero in protecting society. He does it for a selfish reason, mm-hmm. but he's still doing what he does to protect protect his society, potentially to his own detriment. So mm-hmm. he is a hero. However. When you turn around, you force a marriage on someone for their quirk. Yep. And then kind of essentially force procreation. It wasn't, I mean, he did. It's like, you're going to have my baby and it's going to be the greatest hero ever because I can't ever reach all my, but my kid can. That's the premise of his whole thing. Right. So, and then also be, once those children are born, having them up to that litmus test of, okay, did you get half my quirk, half her quirk. No, trash. Mm-hmm. No, trash. Mm-hmm. No, trash. We get a fourth, all my attention, all my focus. And is my focus and attention beneficial? No. It's, it's abusive. It is demeaning. And the whole home environment is toxic. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason it's, Shoto Todoroki is Zuko's copy, quote-unquote, is he ends up with a burn over his eye because his mother, due to the trauma and the abuse, at one point kind of has a bit of a mental break. Um, not mental break. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Psychological break? Psychological meltdown. Meltdown, thank you. Psychological meltdown in that she's boiling a pot of water. She's making a comment to assumedly a friend or family member on the phone about how Shoto's, one side of Shoto's body looks so much like her husband. Shoto overhears her in a panic for some reason. She throws the boiling water over that part of his body and he now has a burn over that portion of his body. And part of Shoto's character in the beginning is that he rejects his father, rejects that part of himself because Mm -hmm. he does have half of his father's work so he refuses to use it so that's kind of the main character deku shows him the way right absolutely (laughs) top no jutsu naruto shadow but um i don't i don't like him i don't i i don't see a redeeming quality at this point other than him now recognizing that he was a bad person but that does not make up for being a bad person 
So I guess on to continue on in this podcast of real life, just being shown in my hero. Endeavor is, I mean, there is a million endeavors in real life. Someone who outside is super successful, um, highly regarded. We, where we work, we worked with people like that, and we see it on TV all the time. And then final, and then when they go home, because it's the age old thing. Unless you're super close with someone, you really don't know what anyone does at home when they're not on TV or when you see him at work or something like that. And he's at home, and he, he's beating his well at the time he's beating his kids, he's beating his wife. This is gonna sound bad, but the only reason like his wife was a breeding machine to him, like that's all she was. And once the final one happened, because I'm pretty like it's like all right, this is the one cool for something that he can't do at the time was pass all might so it's like i'm just gonna get ready for the next step and have my son be the one who does it and the only thing about like endeavor is that with someone you do like hawks Hawks. hawks he's the one who stated that no one was ever gonna catch all might period in his prime no one was ever gonna be stronger than him faster than him nothing but Endeavor was the one person who said, I would like to try. Right. That, I, that would be the one thing, like, you know you're never going to catch someone, so you're going to try, and that's why Hawks likes Endeavor more than he likes All Might. Right. But then again, Hawks doesn't know Endeavor's home life instead of <laughs> anyone else's. So Endeavor has always been complicated to me because if this was the real world, and we haven't seen, like, their TMZ yet. We saw like when Endeavor was fighting that Nomu and like the person. If someone found out how Endeavor really was back then and like reported it and like spread it all over the news, I don't think they could have had him the number one hero because then you essentially have a child abuser and wife beater as your number one hero and that ain't a good look. So that's another avenue that could be super explored down the line if that were ever to happen because that's what gets the people in real life when tmz or someone whistleblows that hey this person this fortune 500 ceo is beating his wife at home so that's another avenue but i understand man he's and now he's the number one hero for the foreseeable future but now we gotta deal with him right anyone else that you don't like besides those two Overall, I don't really care for Monoma of Class 1B. His character is a little bit comic relief, and I understand part of the personality that I dislike is used for this comic relief. Mm-hmm. But his quirk is copy, which yep. is so cool. He's actually able to hold within his body multiple quirks and then use them. by He gains these quirks by being able to touch a person and then kind of has a basic level of understanding to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. One of the, again, is not one of my favorites at this point. So I, I very much enjoy watching during the sports festival where Monoma, because Bakugo doesn't know his quirk, Monoma touches him and then blows Bakugo's own quirk in his face. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. But Monoma seems to have a bit of a, like, inferiority complex in the sense that he is in Class 1B. He also... Obviously, he has his own quirk called copy, but it's his cop. His quirk itself is not its own quirk. So then he can. It seems like he's kind of feeling a little bit of inferior to the other people's quirks that have kind of natural abilities within themselves, not having to take and throw quirks back in people's faces. So 
he kind of typically pops up as a oh one a you think you're so cool you're not that great and then one of his classmates typically um her quirk is big hands enlarges her hands knocks them out um always a funny moment but it's just one of those things where it's like i just find him annoying which is unfortunate because i do think his quirk is so cool that just reminded me i don't know why he thought of that but it made me who someone i think is super underrated in class 1a i'm i'm blanking on his name but the french french guy oh um, shoots him from the belly button his no. no no he's he's the one where his twinkle wouldn't shine that was one that was his best episode when the rest like he's the one the rest of the heroes on class 1a finally pass that uh test he's someone who's underrated the other person i just thought about who i don't like um the main hands guy shigaragi whatever his name is the guy with the hands i don't like him because his motives are terrible so you hate all might because he let your grandma die but you're working for all for one who killed your grandma that makes zero sense and the only benefit of the doubt i can give him is that he doesn't know that because that makes no sense i hate the guy who admired my grandma who my grandma was basically almost like his mother figure who my grandma's the one who passed on her quirk to him but i work revere worship the guy who literally ripped my grandma's heart out of her chest and killed her but i work for him and i love him i've hated him since ever since and then the bad guys who come after him have all been better stain better was so great i i was almost at the point where over overall should have been the last boss of this whole series and we don't I even know how the whole series goes but he was fantastic he was at least he makes sense he wanted a quirkless society because people have lost their way with quirks even all mine at the beginning when he was training uh deku it was like yeah back in the day hero work was community service it wasn't these sponsorships and people have lost the way and you know, overall was one of those people like thanos and infinity war where you're sitting there and you're just like well kind of has a point yeah kind of like is it, is it really morally sound no not, like can we switch this up and then i'm all for it like then i'm like oh i'm just gonna get rid of half so we have resources like that's like i get the resources thing but you could have just made more resources like overall it's like i get the quirk thing but you don't have to take people's quirk just change like, abuse that was child. that was bad too and I, and that thing is, I like that child's grand, I'm Aries' grandpa too, and mm-hmm. he was. But I just never liked him as um, he's trash. I I agree. I just feel like maybe as time goes on, we'll get a little bit more development into him. But I, especially Stain, I really wish I want him person, to come back. I I want him to come back, or I wish he would have been around just a little bit longer to get that message out. Um, for himself, because Stain's whole thing was about you know being a worthy hero that if you're not a hero for the right reasons you don't deserve to be here you don't deserve to be a hero which goes to circling back part of the reason uh uraraka is not you know the top girl for me is her reason to be a hero is to make money because heroes do make a lot of money Mm -hmm. the reason she wants to make money is to help her family and that's very you know very sweet kind-hearted nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that it just it's one of those things where it's like, okay, but to be a true hero, like kind of Stain was talking about, you want to be a hero because you want to help people. Yeah. There's nothing in it for you. So that's kind of also my hesitation with 
Yeah, real life implications. I mean, everyone wants to help their parents out there in a bad spot. I mean, there's been other animes where that's been the hero's main focus to get their parents out of it. But yeah, in this hero sense, I I do see your points. And when Stain was like, the only hero that's worth anything is All Might. Like going back to like All Might's like, yeah, people now just they just do it. And I do remember when he showed that blood was like the only person who could kill me is All Might. And back then, number two Endeavor was in shaking in his boots. They were all scared and. He let Deku live because they were gonna. The villains were trying to try and kill Deku, and he's like, "No, this guy has what it takes to maybe be a true." Yeah. Right. So I, I, I really liked, um, Stain when she came back. But Andrea, anything else that we missed on with um talking about my hero? Were there any big things we missed on? Did you want to talk about the um the potential to steal quirk kind of being in development? Um. Kind of okay. This might be a spoiler for the second movie, Heroes Rising, but essentially, um, the League of Villains, uh, all for one, um, canon movie, by the way, for any of those anime yes. people who like is it canon? Yes. It's canon. The movies are canon, <laughs> so essentially, they're working on a way to steal people's quirks and have multiple quirks inside of one person, to, and then it leaves other people quirkless. Just become overpowered essentially just cannot be touched by other heroes Mm -hmm. just that is the whole goal um i don't quite remember the name of the technology but now that i'm thinking about it it's probably somehow i don't understand how all for one hasn't gone after mona muck during his innate work is to do that maybe doesn't know because i mean all this is coming from all for one so like the hero nine like this is all like because all for one has these abilities too that he can just take your quirk and mm-hmm. i mean that's how he rose to power he was taking quirks if you didn't want quirks and giving quirks if you wanted quirks and became an evil warlord mm-hmm. and all of that so I, it's it's problematic because if they have this technology and then when at the end of season four there were still bullets taken from the quirks so you have the bullets and you have the power to do that it, it's given the villains a lot of power to go in the future and scientist wise we're not really seeing that many like hero scientists like oh this is how we counter this like we don't have that yet which i think we need to have because even in the movies in the first movie you saw some melissa who's quirkless and she right. was a big asset um again in the show you have what is her name the character who makes the hero suits and all of that the technology Hatsume. Hatsume. she's crazy but she's funny oh i love her she's great but so I think we need to really step up on those things, and who knows? We might be seeing it in the future. Anything else? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot more than we intended to, but it was enjoyable, and it all seemed to flow, at least on my end. So yeah, no, I mean, we could still, we could have obviously kept going, but there's no reason kept going because obviously, spoiler alert: Andrea's going to be back in like two weeks because My Hero season five starts in March, which is gonna be next month in a couple of weeks so andrew is gonna be back and we're gonna be previewing season five so we're gonna talk about where we left off in season four what we want to happen in season five uh we're gonna be talking about things like who needs to step up in season five like who needs to get that writer's glow to bring them back into the main fold and who needs to like take some steps back because like we we know who you are obviously we can't say deku the story's about him so we're going to be previewing season five in two weeks, and then we're going to be talking about the episodes when they happen and go from there. Andrew, you have anything else? 
No, thanks for listening, everybody. If you made it this far, I hope um, if you haven't watched My Hero, you go ahead and start watching it. Um, if you are watching My Hero, I hope you um, are like me and want to binge it before season five comes out. Um, if you're not, I appreciate the fact that you've watched it this far at least once. Um, I hope your love for it continues to grow. Um, and I hope, you know, you'll listen to me in the future uh, talking about the show because I do love talking about it. And with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the L7C podcast. You guys take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.